Okay, real talk. When did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Like, say I want to see what you're doing and who you're hanging with, and you're not posting about it on your story. I can just stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing. Oh, yeah, that's weird. You do that? No, I don't do that. I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone, easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages and keep it between friends, and then use that money to buy something at a store with Apple Pay. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Maybe. Shh. Services are provided by Green Dot Bank, member FDIC. Terms apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ridiculous Crime is a production of iHeartRadio. Elizabeth Dutton. Uh, Zarin Burnett. It's so good to see you. I know. Where you been? How you been since the last time I saw you? What's it been a week now? It's not been good, Bob. Not good, oh, really? Yeah. Sorry to hear that. No, it's been awesome. Oh, good. Thank God. You're just messing with when me. When it's not good, you make it awesome. Oh, look at you. Yeah. Every day spent above ground is a good one. Yeah, Zarin. turning broken eggs into lemonade. For, totally. <laughs> so juicy. That makes no, no sense. No, I know. <laughs> anyway, you know what's ridiculous? Uh, the helicopter outside the studio. Oh, yes. They, we've been uh, listening to that air beater. I wonder if we should go outside and make sure that they're not like, there's not like a hostage sure situation fine. across the street. No, I'm sure we're fine. We don't need to know anything. Ignorance is bliss from what I, I hear. I want to wind up on our show as an episode. <laughs> it comes right in. <laughs> Live raid on Ridiculous Crime. Okay, well, I yes. have uh, something for you if you got a second. Sure. If you can just forget about the helicopter. Yeah, I can. Okay, I want you to imagine one of the smartest men Wait, in the world. I didn't get to do my What's Ridiculous. Oh, you actually have a What's Ridiculous? I do. Oh, well, tell me. What's Ridiculous, I'm Elizabeth? I'm going to lay it all on the line here. Sure. It's a mashup. All right, so just calm down. No, calm I'm, down. I'm okay. Fine, I'm just gonna overhear. This fan is myself. this may be one of the worst ones I've ever done. You really, you saved the best for last. That's huh? why the helicopters are mm-hmm. out. This go, go, so hit, hit me with it. Drop that hammer okay, on my foot. Okay, so do you remember last year I talked to you about ego nog? Yeah, sipping cream. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so it's just like ego eggnog. So unfortunately, I do remember these things. Like I <laughs> wish I could just be like, no, I have no recollection whatsoever. So, um, ego and Tennessee's Sugarlands Distilling Company. Oh God. They got together. They, they're, they're the ones who did Ego Nog. Well, uh-huh. um, they came up with a new sip and cream. They're back. Yeah, it's a new sip they and cream. couldn't be stopped. It's inspired by brunch. Oh, no. So it's a cream liqueur <clears throat> called Ego Brunch in a Jar. <laughs> okay, that's funny. And it combines the flavors of buttered and toasted Ego waffles. All right. Savory bacon slices. Sure. And a drizzle of maple syrup. That's all? No orange juice to make it a so nutritious part like of my if breakfast? So someone, if some, like, Arizona State sorority girl goes, like, buck wild on a brunch and just mm-hmm. cuts it loose <laughs> and then doesn't feel so hot yes. and runs down a hot sidewalk in flip-flops and then falls down and barfs in a jar. That's what this tastes like? Yeah, it's my guess. Here's their quote. <laughs> okay. Between the juggle of constantly changing schedules, household errands, family outings, or busy work days, it can often feel impossible for parents to find moments they can savor for themselves. I prefer the jiggle to the juggle. Yes, but the that's jiggle. Me. You're jingling, baby. Yeah. So Joe Beauprez, uh, mm-hmm. this is the marketing director with sure. Ego. God, you know, God bless him. God bless. Bob. So then he continued, Ego brunch in a jar makes it easy for parents to kick back when they're not caring for their little ones. So whether parents want to punch up a weekend brunch <laughs> want to get sauce or savor, on a Saturday or savor some of those classic brunch flavors during their downtime, this feel-good, ego-inspired liqueur is the perfect treat. 
Yes. So you just crack a jar, put a silly straw in it. You're waiting for the kids to come out of school. You're in the pickup line. You're just like <laughs> pounding, just chugging so hard. And then you figure, I get pulled over. They think I've just been eating waffles. You can't spell Sunday without, uh. Na, 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 na. So it's available throughout the U.S. You can purchase it online in some states. Um, and unlike Egonog, which only came out for the, the holiday mm-hmm. season, Those is December to remember. Year round year round baby you gotta be 21 and older so no kids but it's in <laughs> it's in a mason jar too just like you hit rock bottom it's white and creamy Wait, uh, the, the, it's the perfect way the drink to, is white or the mason jar is white the mason jar is glass right it's just glass, clear but glass the drink is white oh. it looks like mayonnaise so it looks like yeah you're just sipping on glue did you know something ego brunch in a jar is the perfect way to elevate weekend brunch with a fun cocktail or to enjoy classic brunch fl- flavors during your well-deserved me time in the evening They don't know what the word perfect means. No, they don't. Here's the thing. Basically, they're saying parents who hate their children. (laughs) And love liquor. We have something for you. Put them to bed and then drink this while you're watching (laughs) your stories. Drink away your pain with some ego liquor. And that, Zarin... (laughs) Is ridiculous. That is certified. Yeah, you know, we this was kind of like mustard skittles. We got a lot of tips on oh, this. Oh, did one. we? Yeah, I can't shout out everybody because it was just we were inundated. Can I just ask why do you people hate me? <laughs> I just, <laughs> yeah. Well, Elizabeth, I got one for you if you got a second. Yeah, I can I can do that. Okay. Please, if you will, imagine one of the smartest men in the world. Yes. Okay. Elizabeth, this man, he too, as long as he is straight, can be felled by the power of the bikini. Yes. Now take the case of Paul Frampton, one of the most brilliant mathematical physicists alive today. Uh He risked it all to chase after a bikini model. And he lost it all. Spoiler alert, turns out the bikini model was fake. But the kilos of cocaine that the world-famous physics professor smuggled for her were not. Wait. This is Ridiculous Crime, a podcast about absurd and outrageous capers, heists, and cons. It's always 99% murder-free and 100% ridiculous. Yes. That's right. Mm -hmm. Elizabeth. Yes. I got a question for you, my friend. Yes. You know how I love physics? I do know that, actually. Yeah. I've, I've I've seen that. You see yeah. me scribbling and reading weird uh-huh. stuff, right? Well, this cat I'm going to tell you about, he's one of my favorite theoretical physicists working today. Oh. I've read his journal papers. Like, I'm a fan of this guy. One, one of them. Yeah. Well, he's got a lot of papers. Well, no, I'm saying you're like one of your favorite. The- you have yes. like a list of like, oh, totally. who are your three favorite theoretical physicists? <laughs> uh, like John Carlos Bayes is a definitely a favorite. <laughs> he's making up names. No, who's he's your a- second favorite? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm not going to fall for this trap <laughs> Elizabeth, my man Paul Frampton. Yeah. All right. He, Brother of Peter. But yes, he 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 also came alive for crime. <laughs> He's proposed novel theories for dark matter. Uh, in his theory of dark matter, it would be attributable to primordial black holes. Mm. All words you love. Yum. Right? Dark matter, primordial yeah, black holes. Makes yeah. so much sense to me. He also, this guy, he created the chiral color model. You're kidding. That I was know. him? Yes. Yeah, so he did the 331 model, which re-expresses no the way. standard model with a different algebra. I use that every day. He also has built models for matter-antimatter asymmetry and a binary tetrahedral group as a flavor symmetry. I speak English. Right? You love all this. He also, by the way, has calculated the rate of vacuum decay for the quantum field theory. And he constructed a matrix to determine if 42 is truly the answer to life, the universe, and everything. Oh, really? No, I threw that last one in there just for you. Uh. Okay, so uh, let's see. My point is this cat, Paul Frampton, Major heavy hitter in the world of theoretical physics. Yeah. But these days, if you Google him, that's no longer the first thing that pops up. Uh-oh. Yeah. Instead, you'll see stories about the time he smuggled cocaine for a <laughs> bikini model who never really existed. <laughs> now, it sucks if you're a physics academic and an academic journal like the like Advancing Physics publishes a story with the headline, UNC physics professor is convicted of drug smuggling in Argentina. And you're the professor because now everyone in physics is going to read this story. Well, I would There's think nobody that, doesn't know this story in his field. Aren't those supposed to be like a- academic papers, not like a gossip rag? Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Like They're the like TMZ <laughs> of the physics world. <laughs> like, hey, we got one for y'all. You got to put down your tea. This is going to be good. <laughs> okay, Elizabeth, this cat, as I told you, he yeah. can calculate dark matter and the vacuum decay rate of imaginary quasi particles. I hate somehow when that happens. He couldn't see an old fashioned long con right in front <laughs> oh, of him, oh. even when it bit him right smack on 
on the ego. Okay, this is what happens when a middle-aged man thinks that Miss Bikini World is in love with him. Oh, boy. Yeah. By the way, the bikini model in question, she is a real woman. She's not oh. like an AI creation. Oh. Her name is Denise Milani. She is an internationally famous model. And uh, I want you to be able to imagine this person at the other end of his online communication. Uh-huh. Elizabeth, this is Denise Milani. Yeah. Oh, yikes. Yeah. I mean, not like, <laughs> I think she is most his... men would look at that and say, like, hubba hubba or auga. Or, you know, <laughs> auga. Are they all cartoon, or, you know, cartoon wolves? I'll just put anyone attracted to women would be like, bazonga zonga. Yeah. She is very curvaceous. <laughs> she was known for her. Uh, their eyes <laughs> would go jump out, out and yeah. come back. Auga. <laughs> I like your cartoon wolf sexuality. <laughs> <laughs> Men are just reduced to like Tex Avery yeah. cartoons. And then I see a guy in like short shorts and you're like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> like, <"Hubba, hubba." laughs> it's the Lederhosen. The Lederhosen? <laughs> That's what does it for you? You like the spenders and some no. thigh meat? No. Okay, we're learning a lot about Elizabeth today. <laughs> Well, this theoretical physicist, Paul Frampton, he could, as I said, fully, rationally, logically believe that this woman who I just showed you reached out to him, started texting with him, and she fell in love with him. Well, the poor lady's bikini top has fallen off on the beach. Yeah, she's got too much Buddhism. It's so hard for her. Yeah, this man has three degrees from Oxford, and yet he never questioned the logic of this. Uh-oh. Yeah, this, is, this will likely not surprise you, but as I was about to say, one former student, they put it, quote, women came later in Paul's life. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. What I mean, but hey, women came later in my life, you know, ultimately, if you want to put it that way. Yeah. I wasn't married in my 20s or 30s or any of that stuff, so I can relate to Paul. Sure, Right? You know, like, you could say the same thing. So, like, I don't consider myself naive about women, but this guy, apparently he was. Oh. Well, I mean, he's focusing on building his career and his brain. Sure. And the numbers. Well, there's more to it than that. Yeah. He's kind of, well, here, I'll let people who know him better than I explain it. Before he met the uh, fake Denise Milani, he had been married. Uh, He got married at age 50, and his wife was an age-appropriate. 52-year-old French woman. She called herself a physics groupie, so that was fun for okay. them. She was smart, but she wasn't like, you know, in Paul Frampton's league smart, but she he's like an avanishingly small number of people smart. But his ex-wife did say of their relationship, quote, I couldn't completely follow everything Paul said because of the <laughs> mathematics, of course, but either I could understand the words or I could just listen to the music, the music of physics. It's me listening to you talk about physics. Exactly. I have no idea what you're saying, dude. Numbers and stuff, I don't know. Keep it up, man. (laughs) I love that for you. You seem to really get something out of this. Eventually, this music of physics was no longer able to bond husband and wife, and they divorced. Yeah, it happens. So his ex-wife, Anne-Marie, she uh, she's said that living with Paul uh, it was difficult, in oh. her words, right? Yeah, she intimated that it was akin to being married to a three-year-old. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so you can kind of just Ladies, let that... <laughs> ladies, we all know what that's like. <laughs> Marrying a three-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> we all been there, gals. Yeah, who hasn't dated themselves a toddler? So a little while, a, <laughs> a little while after they parted, the then sixty-four-year-old theoretical physicist he wanted to find a new wife, a mm-hmm. new partner, because he didn't want to be by sure. himself. He tasted God, love. He knew what do it the felt dishes. like. Yeah, he's three years old. <laughs> exactly. Someone's got to dry. Someone's got to do taxes. <laughs> he can't reach the doorknob. So he tells his friends and associates he's looking for someone new. He wants to find some lady who's in her quote prime birthing years. So oh, some, God. a woman somewhere between the ages of eighteen and thirty-five. Now keep in mind, this is a sixty-four-year-old. Birthing hips. No, he didn't quite get into like the physiognomy of what he wants, but he did say he wanted you know like a birthing lady. You know, he wanted like, not, not quote. That was a direct <laughs> quote, but he did say he was like, I want someone in her prime birthing years. And the scientist, imagine a scientist saying, <laughs> sure, it, right? of course, yeah. So, but also keep in mind, this is a sixty-four-year-old divorced man saying this, and a dorkosaurus. Oh, totally, totally. Now, his first attempt at finding new love was a rebound. So obviously, sure. so he found a young Chinese woman. They met online. They exchanged emails. He planned to go see her in China. It worked out that he'd be in China for work and upcoming trips, right? So good. he'd yeah, be near good. where she lived. He was going to visit a colleague in China. They arranged to meet. Shocker of all shockers, Elizabeth, because I was not expecting this. Uh-huh. The young Chinese woman who he'd been emailing with actually agreed to meet him and she actually existed. Oh, wow. I know, right? Wow. Shocker, right? But uh, the, the two almost lovers, they get together, they meet for an hour. But sadly, Elizabeth, update. No sparks. Yeah, it just yeah. didn't happen. Just didn't click. So, but luckily for old Paul, he then met the former 2007 Miss Bikini World Denise Milani. 
Or rather, he met fake Denise Milani. Oh, yeah, so it wasn't in person that he met her. But as far as he was concerned, he met Denise Milani. Oh, good. Now, to be fair, Denise Milani was a little older than what Paul Frampton was looking for in a partner. So, but he was willing to make an exception for the internationally famous bikini model. Oh, so, sure, you know, sure. She may not be Science goes her, out the window. She wasn't in her prime birthing years, Elizabeth. So, oh, but he's how like, old Look, was she? And I think she's like in her late 30s. Yeah, so Paul begins to tell his friends about his new online gal pal, and he's like, you know, these guys all being like calculation-obsessed, you know, chalkboard nerds and physicists, they have no idea who Denise Milani is, so, or why she's famous, anything, right? So Paul used to like to confidently tell them, go look her up on the internet. Did he, like, print out her picture and put it in one of those binders where you can slide a picture in the front? And that's <laughs> where he keeps all up. his calculations, yeah. and they're like, who's that? Oh, guy. He's like, that's my, my gal pal. It's my little online friend. Who is in her friend. late 30s, which is also, you know, <laughs> reproductive years so chill out dude look at her I mean look at these prime fertile hips <laughs> now one friend did as Paul instructed them to do mm-hmm. he went home he looked her up online I bet and he, did. he saw who Denise Milani was and then he went back the next day to Paul and he told his friend you're out of your goddamn mind <laughs> <laughs> You've been chugging ego nugs. And he said, and I quote, and I told him that, you're not talking to the real girl. Why would a young woman like that be interested in an old guy like you? But he really believed that he had a pretty young woman who wanted to marry him. Mm. So it's not like Paul wasn't confronted with the truth. He was. It was shoved right up in his face, and he was like, I'm going to ignore that. Oh, God. But you have to understand, this is the power of his mind. He's a genius, Elizabeth. He's also used to looking far past what was in front of him, instead preferring to chase after elusive things like dark matter. Yeah, that's true. Or Denise Milani. So (laughs) there his ego was also something to contend with. So as Paul Frampton himself told the New York Times, well, I have been accused of having a huge ego. Now, to his credit, his ego was largely earned. I have to give him that. You know, if one can earn an ego. Yeah, yeah. Right? He he started out his life in hardscrabble England. He came from what he dubbed, quote, a lower middle class family. His mother pushed him to achieve, and she would often brag of his grades, and she would show them to the neighbors. Like, look what my little Paul did at school, right? He went off to Oxford at 18. He gets a PhD. He goes to America. He gets a postdoc at Princeton. He goes on to have this celebrated career in theoretical physics. He writes a ton of papers. Now, his name may not be as famous outside of physics as, say, Stephen Hawking or mm-hmm. Richard Feynman or even somebody like Murray Gell-Mann. I'm not sure if that one no springs to mind. I have no idea you're talking about. Anyway, Murray Gell-Mann, he had an <laughs> sure. 80th birthday oh, celebration. And he's a Nobel laureate. He was a Murray Gell-Mann. He came up with the, the, cohort, the Eightfold Way. You're looking at me like, you moron. No, he's I'm not. He's a Nobel no, I don't. I understand that people wouldn't be into like, well, the, the quark he, model of physics. Does he have a and TV who, show? Who came up with it. Got a good name for TV, don't he? <laughs> so they're supposed to lionize this living giant of physics, right? And Paul Frampton decides to choose to talk about himself. At one point, he said he liked to think of himself as, quote, cleverer than Newton. Isaac oh, Newton. hello. Yeah. He was so taken with this line, he repeated it throughout his speech. It's supposed to be about the 80th birthday of Murray Gell-Mann, right? And all he does is talk he about talks about himself. fake Newton. And he's, yeah, exactly. He's better than, than fake Newton. And he keeps saying this like it's a, like a chorus for a pop song. He's like, I'm smarter. I'm cleverer than Newton, right? He <laughs> he also mentioned his grades at Oxford in the oh, speech. Oh, get out of town. Yes. <laughs> and then he pointed out that he and Newton were in the top one percentile of intelligence. Boring. Yeah. That's what I yell at him. Exactly. This same metric is it would often come up later for Paul Frampton. When he was in prison and being interviewed by the New York oh, Times, he gave the obvious reason for why he was behind bars, being Denise Milani. And uh-huh. he said that, quote, she's in the top one percentile of how women look. So apparently oh, top, he was very preoccupied with the top one percentile. And, you know, he said as much to Denise Milani, or actually rather <laughs> not Denise Milani, the one he was texting and chatting I with. I bet he calculated the symmetry of her face. Oh, you just hang on, girl. Oh, goodness. <laughs> He told her, and I use the term lightly, her. He said, uh, quote, as these days tick by and I think about it a lot, the more I realize that we are the perfect couple in all respects. You know, yeah, sure. just a physicist and a bikini model, perfect sure. in all respects. He's not three years old. He's like 13. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I like that he believes that he's in the top 1% of big brains. She's in the top 1% of big hotness. Right? And that makes them a perfect couple. It's right there yes, on paper. The yin, it's in the, the calculations, Elizabeth. The How brains, can you deny this? It's, I yeah. mean, admittedly, this is not where most of us think that life happens. But, you know, it does because Christy Brinkley married Billy Joel. This can happen. Paul Frampton, you know, he could yeah. get married to... 
Denise Milani. Sure. Uh-huh. I mean, Stranger I, things have happened. I like, the, I like his way of thinking. You know, I like that he, Denise Milani, and Isaac Newton are all elites, mm-hmm. and they're the top one percentile. Yes. I mean, yes, Denise Milani got into the one percent club based on her bikini pics and her big breasts, but her <laughs> one percentile is just as important as Paul Frampton's one percent. He's exactly. invalidating himself with his own logic. That's true. I love it. Anyway, <laughs> we'll be back after a little break, and I'll get into where the cocaine comes into this story. Oh, I can't wait. rant for a sec please pay apps are way too public what happened some rando hearted a payment from five months ago and i realized people can see my entire history who i'm paying like full names it's super weird yeah it's weird how are you paying your friends then apple cash it's all in messages you can literally send cash like a text and it stays between friends random people can't see it did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. As you know, the world can be a dangerous and unpredictable place. With every crime I've studied, I've learned one thing. Your best line of defense is your vigilance and preparation. You don't want to worry. You just want peace of mind. That's why I recommend Simply Safe Home Security. For every ridiculous robbery and theft we talk about, it's pretty obvious the crimes could be avoided with a solid security system. A good home security system keeps people prepared and aware. Simply Safe is that system. It was named Best Home Security Systems 2024 by U.S. News and World Report. And it doesn't just protect your home from crime, it also alerts you to fire, floods, and other emergencies. They offer sensors and cameras backed by 24-7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day. There are no contracts, and there's a 60-day money-back guarantee. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com slash ridiculous crime. That's simplysafe.com slash ridiculous crime. There's no safe like Simply Safe. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, Elizabeth, where were we? Uh, cocaine. That's right. Okay, and soon to be in Argentinian prison. Oh, but first, God. let's get back to Paul Frampton. Yeah, Paul. My man, Paul Frampton. So he was working on how to connect the Higgs boson, a.k.a. the God particle, with dark energy so he could explain the rate of cosmic expansion, a.k.a. the Hubble parameter, which shows the universe is expanding at an accelerated rate. Is this part of the dark arts? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. It's, yeah, you, To you, yes. Dark dark energy. The New York Times. Some people have dark energy. They, they totally do. Yeah, and some people are dark matter. And in space, there's dark energy. Yeah, exactly. They're, that's what they're I talking about. I know all about. these things. I, you know, I should start teaching physics. You probably could. Could yeah, you just get a couple books. You put on the AI put them on the desk, bot. and you let them know. Look, I I read these. Like you guys are all full of dark energy. <laughs> I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Change your dark vibes. <laughs> so New York Times, they visited Paul Frampton, as I said, mm, uh, in hello. his soon-to-be Argentine prison cell. Now, I'm just jumping ahead because we know that he gets busted. I already told you that. Yeah, so spoiler. at the moment, he was in prison. And he was hoping that the president of Harvard would slip a note to the president of Argentina, Cristina <laughs> Fernandez de Kirchner. And he was like, you know, while the Presidente was visiting Harvard, maybe the president could just give the note to her on Paul Frampton's behalf. Now, this is what he'd heard somebody say could happen. He didn't. Wait, so the he, president of Harvard didn't tell him she was going to do this. He and just, he wants to slip a note to the president of Argentina. To, to get him out of jail. And he was believing that this is just what's going to happen. So he, New York wait, Times... Wait, 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 wait. To hey, get him out of jail. Out of prison. He was in, he's in prison at this point of the story, but right? why? Because of the cocaine. I'm going to get into that. I'm just okay. telling you, I'm starting, I'm jumping around like Tarantino, okay? Yeah, I'm like totally lost. Okay, okay. so he's in prison in Argentina. And he's but you're tr- going to tell us how that happened. Yeah, I've, I've already told you that it happened. So it Yeah, but I want to know how. I know, I'm going to okay. tell you. Don't worry, <laughs> you, you're going to love this. 
So he's just basically, I'm just want, I want to give you more of the Paul Framptonness okay. of it all, okay. right? Okay. So the dude is sitting in prison and he's telling the New York Times, who's just flown down to interview him because it's a big deal that this big physics professor has gotten busted on, on charges of drug smuggling, yeah. right? So they're like, dude, what happened? And he's like, oh man, don't worry about it. The president of Harvard's going to meet with the president of Argentina. She's probably going to slip a note and get me out of here. And they're like, are, are you for real right now? And he's like, oh, totally. And he said, and I quote, I think I've never been discussed by two such important people in my life. Uh, Elizabeth. Oh, my God. Never happened. The discussion never happened. New York Times called up. Well, They're like, what are you talking about? We're discussing it, so yeah, well, he so made it. He did. He made it all made it, to baby. this press. <laughs> so one month into his prison stay, Paul Frampton was willing to now face the truth that the real Denise Milani was not in love with him. Oh, no. The, yeah, the prisoners in the Argentine oh, no. prison had helped him see reality died. Oh, <laughs> like, this is reality, my man. <laughs> they pointed out that who he was chatting with the whole time was probably not even a woman and instead was some low-level scumbag in an organized crime ring and oh that's who he'd fallen in love with online and that's who he'd poured his heart out to and oh, this man. was a little bit hard for the physicist to do the calculations on yeah. him. He's like, I've but, been talking to Jorge this whole Yeah, time? well, then the, the, as the story is coming out, the real Denise Milani, right? She gets, you know, interviewed. They're like, what's up with this story? Yeah. This physicist, he goes down. He gets busted smuggling cocaine. He says, you're his girlfriend. She's like, I've never met him. I don't know who he is. But she says, quote, she feels sympathy for him. Yeah. Right? So then this newspaper story gets published. His fellow prisoners, they bring it to him. They, hey, look, your girlfriend's in the paper. She's talking about you. Like, she just said, she don't know who you are, man. And oh. he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, he reads the story and he's like, oh. So then the New York Times comes down. He quotes the story. And he's like, well, I feel sympathy for her, too. Right. He's like trying to like reach out. And the New York Times reporter told the physics professor, well, she's still not going to date you, Paul. Oh. No, I'm kidding. He didn't really say that. <laughs> I threw that part in there. But anyway, so what really went down between Paul Frampton and not Denise Milani? Please, yes. You want to know? I am so confused, yes. Okay, well, starting in November 2011, Paul Frampton was on a dating site, mateone.com. Mate one? Mate one, yeah. Like you just mate go, number wants one. to mate someone? Yeah, exactly. You end up mating. You like to meet oh, someone God. to mate. <laughs> he saw a profile of a bikini model. It met his criteria for what he was looking for in his next partner. Of course. The chesty bikini model. She had a beguiling smile. Smile, warmth in her eyes. He's like, I bet she might like a physics professor like me. He was immediately smitten. And at the time, he, as I said, he was a uh, the, in the physics department at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Mm-hmm. He was the chair of the department. And uh, he was often, you know, he'd be at work, obviously, as a chair. He'd have some time to himself. So when he wasn't teaching classes, he's in his office. And he'd get, like, a notification sound from his computer. Bing! He's like, he'd look over. And he's like, oh, look, it's my baby. And he would click. <laughs> and it'd be not Denise Milani. And she'd want to chat. Right? And the couple, they used Yahoo Messenger, as many of us have. Right? And mm-hmm. so it'd be like, are you there, honey? Just not Denise Milani would text him and she'd be like what are you doing now not Denise Milani would ping him again like an hour or so later and he's just like so pleased by all the attention not Denise Milani is giving him right so this attention it's like catnip for the lonely divorce scientist he gets addicted and hooked and also remember who it's coming from so it's doubly working on him right so this not Denise Milani she starts to open up to him she confides that she's uh, she's looking to move on with her life she wants to find a real partner someone who could love her for who she is not what she looks like she's done being a bikini model she wants to settle down have a family you know leave modeling behind she was tired of being an eye magnet for lecherous old men and an arm charm for young wealthy men she wanted something for denise right (laughs) now not denise milani asked the theoretical physicist do you think you could ever be proud of someone like me now he he told his friends that that he would be able to love her just as she was. Yeah, and- I was gonna say she's knocking on the wrong door. She's like, "Do you? <laughs> I don't. I want to be loved, not for what I look like." He's like, "Oh, <laughs> next." He, but he told his friends he would look past her bikini and her breasts and see the real woman underneath all that glamour and spray on tan. He's like, "I I see the heart of the, the, Denise the skeleton and the <laughs> the, the bones guts. and sinew and the tissue." <laughs> so he he'd ask her. He would ask her to call him sometimes because he was like, "Oh, why don't we?" get on the phone and we can talk and they'd try to set up a time to talk and coincidentally she would just miss the call or she wouldn't um, be able so part of him grew a little suspicious where he's like oh we can never manage to do this I just like, want to talk to her jugs <laughs> he needs some confirmation those boobs were real part of him the part of him that was suspicious was apparently very small and underdeveloped because it never really got a hold of the rest of him because not when not <laughs> Denise Milani was right there going what are you doing right now darling and she's like why don't we get on a call and she's like oh I, I can't right now 
maybe later, right? This doesn't bother him. Uh-huh. But eventually, he's like, you know, I really would like to see you. She's like, oh, okay, well, you uh, you should come to see me next time. I'm, da, da, da. I'm, I'm modeling. I'm all around the world. And she keeps stalling him, right? Uh-huh. Eventually, she's like, oh, darling, I'm going to be in La Paz, Bolivia. And he's like... Okay, I'll come down to La Paz, Bolivia, right? And isn't that always the way? You're like, hey, we should call each other sometime. The person's like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. But you know what? How about instead come down to Bolivia? Yeah. You know, like instead of a phone call, just come to Bolivia. Ladies, we've all been there. Yeah, I mean, how many times? (laughs) Anyway, the internationally famous bikini model, she was working, as I said. Mm -hmm. And according to not Denise Milani, she thought the theoretical physicist could use a vacation. You work so hard, Exactly. You need to take some time. Just looking out for him. So come down and we can finally meet in person. All right, January 7th, 2012, the big day. Paul Frampton sets foot on a flight to La Paz. At this point, he is now a 68-year-old physicist. He's off to meet the bikini model that he believes is in love with him. But And why would he doubt her? She's texted him that she loves him. He has it in writing. Multiple he times. It. That's like a contract, Elizabeth. Pretty much. Yeah, so, but, you know, unfortunately, he runs into trouble at the airport. Not Denise Milani had sent him an e-ticket. Now, to Paul Frampton, but when he attempted to use it, the ticket was uh, invalid. It didn't work. Oh, yeah, no. I know, right? Surprise. Can't believe so it. So he gets stuck in the, in the Toronto airport for about a whole day. Wait, why is he flying out of Toronto? He's flying uh, from, like, basically... I thought he was at UNC. Yeah, he was. I don't know why he was flying out of Toronto. Maybe mm. he was visiting. Anyway, he goes to Toronto. <laughs> and then he goes from Toronto. <laughs> like, sure. Just wait. Next stop, Santiago, Chile. Okay. Yeah, so sure. after a day in Toronto, he goes to Santiago, Chile, and then he manages to get over to La Paz. After four Sounds days, like a fun trip. After four days of traveling, oh god, four days in airports. This ding dong went from North Carolina to Toronto. Probably had a stopover in Atlanta on a ticket that didn't exist until he could then buy a ticket. And yeah. exactly. So he arrives in La Paz, and now he reaches out to not Denise Milani to tell her the good news. I finally arrived, right? And so, but she has some bad news for him. Oh my Paul, I had to leave, right? So she he tells him she bad. had to fly back to Europe for a modeling job, oh, right? Of course, she'll be in Brussels, and he's like, I know where Brussels is. And so Brampton, he's like a dog after a bone at this point. He's like, I'll get a, I'll get a new ticket and I'll fly to Brussels. I can join you there in Brussels. And so he goes, he checks in his hotel and he's, you know, he's like pulls out his notebooks and starts working on physics. Waiting and he's for like a... told all the students, I've moved your class online. We're not meeting this <laughs> exactly, week. Exactly. Pretty much. Like <laughs> class was dismissed for next week. And till I get back. All right. Move it online. Get on Canvas. So yeah, just read a book or something. Read one of my papers. Tell me it was good. <laughs> so he tells her, he's like, you know, I'll, I'll go back to the hotel. I'll work on some stuff. Then you contact me and give me all the updates on where I should fly, what hotel, blah, blah, blah. Right. So he starts working on his, like, you know, Higgs boson stuff. And then he doesn't hear from her. So he texts in, not Denise Milani. And they, they make a new plan. She gets back to him. A second e-ticket gets sent to him. Right. It's a ticket to Brussels. Uh-huh. So at least he's going to the right city this time. Yeah. Uh, but not Denise Milani has a one small request for her little Pookie Pie. <laughs> Or whatever nickname she had sure. for Paul like Frampton. Pie. Right? So she says, hey, Pookie Pie, could you bring me a bag of my stuff? And she's like, I just need you, before you fly to Brussels. And he's like, I left the bag in La Paz. I really need it. And she's like, oh, are you sure, Lumpy Lump? Why do you need this? And she, or, or whatever, whatever, whatever nickname he called her. I'm making him up, Elizabeth. <laughs> Lumpy Lump, <laughs> so right? So he goes, he's like, oh, of course, what, you know, you, you need your, your bag. Is it, like, important? She's like, yes, it's, it has sentimental value to me. He's like, Okay, no problem. So he goes to pick up her forgotten luggage, and he contacts a friend of his. Like you know, he's like, oh, "I'll do that later today." So while he's at the airport, he talks to his friend of his, who is a physicist and a lawyer. Oh, so this wow. physicist lawyer friend, that mom must be yeah, proud, yeah, right? So Mrs. Dixon's son, John Dixon, she <laughs> she's listening to her friend's story, and he, this is John Dixon's account. He says, "And I told Paul, quote, well, inside the suitcase sewn into the lining will be cocaine. You're in big trouble." Paul said, I'll be careful. I'll make sure there isn't cocaine in there. And if there is, I'll ask them to remove it. (laughs) I thought they were probably going to kidnap him and torture him to get his money. I didn't know he didn't have any money. I said, well, you're going to be killed, Paul. So whom should I contact when you disappear? And he said, you can contact my brother and my former wife. So he's being all cheeky. Oh, my God, these two. My (laughs) God. So his friend and lawyer, John Dixon, he's like the Oracle of Delphi in this story. (laughs) And just like the Oracle of Delphi, no one listens. Or they 
misinterpreted, right? So a little after a week after he arrived in La Paz, Paul meets up with the stranger to get the luggage bag for his baby, not Denise Milani, right? Mm-hmm. And he meets the stranger on a, Cookie quote, pie. dark street. And the bag was brought to him by a young man. The luggage was not what one would expect for an internationally famous model. It wasn't like an Hermes bag. It wasn't G- Givenchy. The luggage was just some ratty, plain black carry-on that you'd see, like, like going around the airport turnstile. Uh-huh. Baggage pickup. You're like, whose bag is that? Yeah, right? No. So it got like duct tape on it. He's like just shy of that. Why are, are, are you talking about my luggage? Like that? <laughs> so he wheels this luggage back to his hotel room. And to assuage that voice of his friend, the physicist lawyer, he's like, let me open up this luggage and make sure there's no yeah. cocaine in here. Yeah. So he does it. He opens up the luggage. It is empty. There's nothing inside of it. And he's like, wait, there's nothing How inside he, of it. But was it heavy enough that he thought there was something inside of it before he opened it? I mean, you, you can tell the difference. From an empty suitcase to a full suitcase. Sure, but a couple kilos doesn't weigh that much. So if you put a couple kilos of cocaine sure. in an empty suitcase, you may not know that there's it's, the difference. But I don't know. I'm just thinking, he, he how did he not know he was handed an empty suitcase when I, yeah, this, this mystery fellow... He's a physicist, Elizabeth. Only he can answer these well, he's questions. he's the top 1% how did of you, the, the How did you detect the, the nothingness in the suitcase? Yes, that's a good question. Was it full of dark matter? <laughs> exactly. As I suspected. You're catching on. Mm-hmm. So anyway, he opens it up. Is it, it got up. a Higgs boson in it? <laughs> there's, Look out. There's no Higgs bosons, no cocaine, nothing inside. It's got inside. four Higgs bosons in it. <laughs> <laughs> pack of four. It's like a, a ring pack. tab. But they sell the buns in six packs. It's a total problem. It's such, You're it's like, so annoying. How do I get how my How do I get my Higgs bosons in the buns? How do I get my quantum fields into my general relativity? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> physicists will it love that joke. It doesn't dark matter. Anyway, so she, he, uh, he feels around the empty suitcase. He's like, okay, this is weird. It's an empty suitcase. Why does my baby Lumpy Lump need an empty suitcase? Where so are all the fun He writes to her. He's like, Lumpy Lump, baby, why is there an empty suitcase? And she's like, oh, my peachy pie. Uh, don't <laughs> worry. It has, sentimental, it has sentimental value to me. I told you this. And he's like, okay, that's good enough for me, baby. So the next day, he packs up for the airport, goes down, carries the empty a, bag for an, her. And empty sentiment. Value. Yeah. Uh-huh. Just okay. empty. Yeah. Okay. I love that. My grandfather, he gave me that luggage after the war. <laughs> that roller bag. That's how he got it. That's how he got it. He brought it over, over mountains. <laughs> He carried that. So anyway, he substance- it is a symbol of bravery in my family. <laughs> we pass it down generation to generation. So he stuffs some dirty clothes in the bag but and he goes down to the airport, right? And he's like, okay, I got my baby, not Denise Milani, sentimentally important luggage. I've got my own bag. Let's rock, right? And he flies out of La Paz. No problems. He checks, uh, but... And so interestingly, Elizabeth, I mm-hmm. forgot to tell you, he did not fly directly to Brussels. Instead, he, <laughs> I don't know what his deal is on, he just loves airports. His, cheap his, t- his ticket goes from, he flies to Buenos Aires in Argentina. Okay. So he flew south. <laughs> sure. Okay. <laughs> Europe's the other direction. Yeah. I don't get it. Well, maybe he that's the only place. Maybe, to get to South America. maybe there's not like. I don't know. How, how. What flies out of La Paz? I would imagine there, you can get to Europe. I'm from sure. La Paz. Yeah, they, I'm sure Air France flies Look out of La Paz. This dingus. He's anyway, <laughs> so he lands safely in Argentina, and but now he's gonna have to wait for a new e-ticket from not Denise Milani for his connecting flight from Buenos Aires up to Brussels. How long did he wait, Elizabeth? How long did he wait? I don't know. Try forty hours. 40 hours. <laughs> he waited a day and a half and then some for this airport. Like uh-huh. I said, homie was a dog after a bone. Yeah, a so, dog with a bone. <laughs> exactly. So he, he sits up in the Buenos Aires airport for damn near two days waiting on, I don't know, doing physics problems. Sure, yeah, yeah. Eating from various airport restaurants and just sleeping on his luggage. Yeah. New ticket from not Denise Bellani. It finally arrives before he started day three of the airport, right? Uh-huh. So Paul Frampton, at this point, he's almost lost his patience. He's already contacted friends back home and asked them to get him a ticket to fly him back to North Carolina. He's like, I got students. They've been online for two weeks now. Yeah. i got to yeah, do something. Exactly. But this is when fate plays a hand, Elizabeth. And I'd like you to close your eyes <gasps> and picture it. Eyes closed. You are at the Iziza Airport in Buenos Aires, Argentina. Hi. When this temple to flight opened way back in 1949, it was the third largest airport in the world. It was built during the first presidency of Juan Perón, you know, Evita's husband. Uh-huh, don't yeah. cry for me. It was a nice-looking airport as far as airports go. But as you sit by yourself waiting for your flight back to the States, you do one of your favorite activities, people watching. 
Your Spanish isn't the best, so you don't always know what's going on, but you catch sight of a cool-looking family. They're all smiles. The mother huddles her family to the adjacent gate. You watch as they seat. You enjoy watching this clearly indigenous family. You guess that they're most likely from the Aymara tribe in Bolivia. You know this only because they're bedecked in traditional Bolivian dress, and the mother is wearing one of those cool-looking bowler hats. Oh, yeah, I love that. You casually watch the family get comfortable, and the father breaks out some Tupperware and gives snacks to the kids. A man seated by himself rather close to you catches your eye. He's been mostly scribbling in a journal. You guess he's a writer, maybe a journalist, maybe a poet, who knows. But he looks far more like an aging academic of the kind of the science set. Mm -hmm. He looks like a rumpled physics professor, which turns out is exactly what he is. Mm. Good job, Elizabeth. Next to him are two bags, one white, one black. You don't know it and you never guess it, but inside one of the bags is a life-changing amount of cocaine. (laughs) There's an announcement over the airport speakers in Spanish first, then in English. The heavily accented PA announcer asks for passenger Paul Frampton to come to the ticket counter. You watch the rumpled academic look up as if his name was called. Turns out his name was called, and then he confirms this by getting up and walking over to the airline employee at the counter by the gate. You hear him say to the woman, I'm Paul Frampton. Is the airline giving me an upgrade to first class? (laughs) The woman at the counter at the gate smiles and says, no, you're not to get an upgrade. (laughs) You see them before Paul Frampton does. It looks like a police and DEA task force. They come in matching jackets, hats, guns, lots of guns. They aim the guns at the physics professor. One Argentine officer asks him, are you Paul Frampton? The academic standards, uh, yes, but what the hell is going on, you now wonder. Totally geeked out on this excellent people watching. This is so rare, a police bust in the airport. This Argentine officer, he asked the rumpled professor a second question. Is this your bag, Mr. Frampton? You you lean in, waiting to hear the answer. You hear the rumpled professor answer. He says, that, that, that's my bag. The the other one's not my bag, but but I, I checked it in. <laughs> that's good enough for the cops. They arrest the rumpled professor right in front of your eyes. He's dragged away as he argues in English. No, no, stop. So wait, this is not supposed to happen. I'm Paul Frampton. <laughs> so, Elizabeth, yes. you don't get to see it, but when the officers take the rumpled physics professor into a secluded back area, the officers rip open the lining of the baggage, and they discover more than four pounds of cocaine. Oh, wow. Yes. Four pounds. Elizabeth, do you know what a honey trap is? Yes. You do? Well, <laughs> let's take a little break, and after this, we'll get into discussing a honey trap. Ay, ay, ay. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. All right, Elizabeth, I teased you before with the honey trap. You You're said a you, tease. Know, you know what it is. Do you know what a honey trap is? Isn't it when you like to lure someone into a con with a with a beautiful lady? Yeah, or basically sex appeal. It can be a man, a woman, whoever. You just say, yeah. hey, uh, you, typically it's a woman. And you, 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 you bait the trap with a woman. It almost never fails is kind of the saying, uh-huh. except for just a little more colloquially said. Uh-huh. So it may surprise you, or it may not surprise you, probably not, to learn that Paul Frampton was far from the first to fall for this long con drug smuggler oh, move. Oh, man. 
woman. Yeah, there was a woman from New Zealand, Sharon Armstrong. She fell from almost the exact same game. She was an executive, smart, accomplished woman, similar to Paul. She met a new guy online. They chatted online for months. Then they made a plan to meet in person. They would finally meet in person in London. She made, After, she, of course, she made a quick stop in Buenos Aires to grab some <laughs> important business papers for her of lover. Course. So she was arrested at yeah, the airport. Yeah, he's like a dancer at the Thunder Down Under. Yes, and but he he's got my papers. papers, my very important exactly. business papers. <laughs> so she gets busted five kilos of cocaine, tried, convicted. Mm. She gets four years, ten months. So, wow. yeah, she also had the same judge in her case as Paul Frampton had in his case. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, anyway, sitting in his Buenos Aires prison, it's apparently an old-style South American prison, on the pavilion that he was staying on, on his level, there were 79 other prisoners. Like him, almost all of them claimed that they were innocent, and Paul Frampton was just another innocent man in prison with all these other innocent men. But that's not how, how he saw it. To his way of thinking, he was still someone special. As he told the New York Times reporter who flew down to interview him, quote, some people will say they're innocent. But when I talk to them further, it becomes very clear that they were somehow involved. I think people like me are less than 1%. He is. So now he's less than 1%. (laughs) He's in an Argentine prison and yet he's gone up in the ranking and he's giving himself. Uh, Anyway, so his fellow prisoners and prison guards, they used to like to tease him. Hey, professor, have you won the Nobel yet? So the New York Times included that in their little write-up on him. I loved that moment, just Uh. saying. Anyway, so (laughs) please imagine this British-born, Oxford-educated, theoretical physics professor sharing a prison pavilion in an old South American prison with 79 other hardened criminals, all from South America, most of them on drug charges. Just Uh, picture that moment for a second. Let it wash over you, right? He liked to get up early on Sunday mornings before his fellow inmates would awaken, Mm -hmm. and he put on the classical music station. Make brunch. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Then when the the hard men woke up, they'd switch it back to a music video channel that played music they wanted to hear. Mm -hmm. Thus was life in prison for Paul. Now, of course, plenty of pics of the real Denise Milani. They would make it into prison, and his fellow inmates were sure to send them over to Paul. Like, look, your girlfriend, she's in another magazine. So every time she's... That's rough. Yeah, that was tough on him. So he got to see how his girlfriend was on the outside. Yeah. Anyways, before he was convicted and locked up, Paul Frampton never thought he'd be found guilty. The trouble for him was that the prosecutors had his text messages and his chats with not Denise Milani. Yeah. And the trouble was that the theoretic physics professor took the stand. And you, you don't watch TV, Elizabeth, but I do. And <laughs> I know this from Law & Order. Never yes. take the stand if you don't have to. No, exactly. He took yeah. the stand. Oh. So according to the Argentine prosecutor, Frampton had sent highly questionable texts to not Denise Milani. They had his phone after all, right? So the prosecutor goes into court and he reads out the texts to not Denise Milani. And he's like, quote, on January 22nd at 9.46 a.m., you wrote from Aziza Airport to the person you, you understood to be Denise Milani, quote, was worried only about sniffer dogs, but more. So, oh, God. oh no, thought his defense attorney. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so things are not looking good for old Paul Frampton. Yeah. So the uh, prosecutor would read more of these text messages aloud. And there was one from 9.52 in the morning of his airport arrest. Quote, need to know if your loyalty is with the bad guy agent and Bolivian friends or good guy, your husband. Oh, no. There was another damning text from 9.56 a.m. It was about the hotel in Brussels where they were planning to meet. The hotel was called Siru, Elizabeth. Okay. S-I-R-U. Uh-huh. So this Frampton text, uh, Frampton texted not Denise Milani, quote, Siru in all caps, right? Mm-hmm. So the hotel Siru. Siru is ambush. Right, that's it. Okay. And then another at 10.14 a.m. So now 20 minutes later, quote, your naivete is bad for me. Us. This is millions. No zero, okay? All caps. At 11.19 a.m. Is he dipping into the luggage there? Dude, seriously. He starts just <laughs> winding his own like pedal. And at 11.19 a.m., sitting there in the airport, waiting for his flight to finally meet not Denise Milani, Frampton switches it up and sends her an email. He's like, you're apparently not getting my text messages. <laughs> and he directly references the cocaine in the email. Always a bad place to reference cocaine is, is it, in your emails. Is the email totally Denise at AOL.com? <laughs> No, I don't know what email is. <laughs> but he writes, quote, this stuff is worth nothing in Bolivia, but millions in Europe. You meet me at the airport and we do not go near the hotel the agent suggested. Stay at another hotel. So, so he's in yeah, at he's, this point. At this he's point, it's, it's pretty much clear that he's arranging the cocaine deal that he thinks he's doing with not Denise Milani. Yeah, so it's not like, oh, I didn't know it was in my luggage. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> and he, yeah. and also he's texting like he's in a crime movie and he's looking out for the double cross. He's like so <laughs> convinced he's like now in heat. Yeah. So he just wants he and his baby to do one last deal and then get God. free together. <laughs> There's more texts and emails. 11.47 a.m. Framden goes back to text messages. He writes, Monday arrival change. You must not tell 
smell the coca goons. So now he actually puts in the word coca. Oh, <laughs> God. Yeah, yeah, it's not like a band name, coca goons. Yeah, hey, you want to see yeah. the coca goons? The coca goons. You know your friends, the so coca good. goons? Yeah, no. So 12, 16 p.m., he writes in all caps, because now apparently he's redlining. He writes, <laughs> why are you ignoring me? At this last moment, we did not decide how to meet tomorrow in Brussels and keep coca and lives. At zero, we may lose both. Not at Siru, brother. You're going to lose it sitting right there in that airport. <laughs> but apparently he calms down because at 1.06, he then tries to get back into her like graces. He's now texting in normal letters, not all caps. Uh-huh. We may do a cool one million. So, oh, my God. <laughs> the prosecutor asked Frampton to explain his text. He told the court that they were just jokes. <laughs> no. He told the New York Times, quote, I was trying to keep Denise amused. I'd already decided to fly back to North Carolina. So to keep not so Denise cool. Milani amused, he sent her roughly 30 messages and emails. None yeah. of them seemed very amusing to me. Yeah. I, I mean, like, she's I laughed. not writing but... back all. <laughs> <laughs> yes, oh, exactly. you card. So what was really wild was how chilly was in the airport while he's sending all these text messages. He's got the bag of cocaine, right? They now we yeah. know he knows is there. The prosecutor played security footage from while his time at the airport. So it's the airport security camera, right? And in, in the footage, you see Paul Frampton working at a cafe table. Then he just gets up. He wanders away from his open laptop. He leaves on the table uh-huh. next to the two bags. One is filled with pounds of cocaine and uh, he just wanders away. <laughs> and he's just like, I'll just leave my behind my mismatching his and hers luggage with the coke. One in, one without. Oh my so, God. He's gone for 25 minutes. He comes back. He's doing window shopping. He's window shopping. He's at the duty free. He's just sitting there looking in like, how much for the bottle of rum? And then he (laughs) talks. Can I get that Brookstone neck pillow? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I want one for her. One for me, one for her. Anyway, uh, 25 minutes pass. He comes back. He uh, checks on his stuff. And then he's like, you know what? I, I, I want to go check out Brookstone Pillow again. Yeah. He goes to another one. He's gone for another half an hour. He leaves all the stuff behind again. Apparently, he's far more trusting than anyone I've ever known. Really? Yeah. So <laughs> a guy, he also apparently believes, like my mother does, that God protects fools and children. And he uh-huh. ain't a child. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, there was a lot of other damning evidence in the court case. Like there was calculations he had done of how much the kilos of cocaine would be worth. And it was in Frampton's handwriting. According to Frampton, he'd done those calculations calculations after he was arrested he was just trying to figure out to calculate the street value of the cocaine he was caught smuggling he was just like i just want to see what i was gonna be throwing at me so i did a couple you know back of the envelope calculations (laughs) and the calculations are like one gram two hundred dollars two thousand grams four hundred thousand dollars Turns out he was caught with 1,980 grams of cocaine, oh. and the calculations were more evidence that, quote, my mind works in a strange way. Yeah, it does, buddy. You're out there <sighs> calculating. You make, One is you're taking notes on a criminal conspiracy. Right. That, like the Stringer yeah. Bell rule, you're just broke right exactly. off the bat. And also, you're a physicist. Can't you do these in your head? I mean, you can't you do think? these numbers? That was multiplying by two. Well, do you One have... gram, $200. <laughs> 2,000 grams, $400,000. That's multiplying by two. Doesn't he have a calculator on his phone? Yes. Anyway, yeah. I, I don't get it. Anyway, so after he also he decided, you know, while well, I'm amusing myself, he calculated the odds that not Denise Milani would marry him. Oh, get no. <laughs> the prosecutor quoted the, the note he had, quote, five standard deviations, 99.99994%. Frampton then explained, quote, the, the criterion for the discovery of the Higgs boson had to be five standard deviations, which means it's, it's extremely unlikely to be a statistical fluctuation. Yeah. Quote, calculating the probability that Denise Milani would be become my second wife, which was almost a certainty. No, but the, she's in that point zero 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 six. So as I told you, he said that they're all bad jokes. Unsurprisingly, that did not work as a court defense, even in Argentina, which apparently he had very little respect for their court. Uh-huh. And uh, the court found him guilty, sent him to prison, as I've already told you, Elizabeth. And he went four years, eight months. Wow. Yeah. So that's where he got to sit and think about all those emails he sent to not Denise Milani, uh-huh. how he'd laid out their future together. Naturally, he told her that she'd relocate to where he lived and then he'd, she'd move to North Carolina and then they'd make a life together in Chapel Hill. He told the bikini model that she would have to leave all that behind as she already wanted to because she'd have to be ready for the wife of a college professor. It's yeah. a totally different skill set. Prepare yourself. Yeah. She'd, she wouldn't have to work, of course, because he had his work and she could spend her time working out and making girlfriends at the gym or yoga studio or wherever else she decided to keep fit and when he got home oh, from his God. hard day of calculating bosons and leptons they'd go down to the shore maybe take a long walk on the beach he literally is the guy who likes long walks on the yeah. beach so he was like what do you like to do I like long yeah. walks on the beach pina coladas 
<laughs> eventually, she suitcases full. She would get pregnant with one of their many children, and after she lost the baby weight, maybe she would go back to work as a lingerie model. Oh my god! She could get a contract with Victoria's Secrets because you know his mind is in the nineties, so he's like, oh you know, my god. Victoria's I just, Secrets. I just want to st- like stand behind him and kick him in the back of the knees. <laughs> just watch him crumble. At one point, the co- this fake cocaine cowboy, he uh, told uh, the not Denise Milani, "You're the best thing that's happened in my cursed life." I just hope that the scumbag. <laughs> Reading it on the other end was just dying. tickled black. Absolutely dying. <laughs> He's like, Hector, Hector, come here. Look at this. <laughs> like, sure thing, chief. So eventually the dude gets out of prison and he had spent time working on his papers, his calculations, because he's a physicist. Oh, so he didn't write a book. No, no, but he did work on new papers of colleagues. He got some journal papers out of it. He was advising students to, from from his no. prison cell. Yeah. He still had one hope in his life that he'd somehow he'd only imagined in his mind that would be proven real by some other scientist's experiment. And that one day he'd win a Nobel Prize based on one of his predictions, mm-hmm. right? And he'd made plenty of predictions of new particles, all sorts of physical models. And he told the New York Times, quote, that would bring an enormous sense of fulfillment, quite apart from the Nobel Prize. I predicted a particle that's actually in the universe. Wouldn't that be a rush? Much better than other ways of getting a lot of dopamine. It, bro, that's what love does. Love makes you feel like, oh, yeah. you know, anyway. But anyway, so in one of his emails to not Denise Milani, Paul Frampton wrote, quote, I only think of cuddling all day and having sex all night with Denise Milani. How can you prove that you are Denise Milani? Since, oh, gross. Since he didn't have a fellow scientist to confirm his prediction that yeah. she was indeed Denise Milani, <laughs> he had to rely on his own mental and uh, emotional calculations. Uh-huh. He decided she's real. And he was obviously wrong. So uh-huh. now he had at one point did contact a forensic linguist to ask him to go over some text messages to prove that he had not written the text messages. And because he claimed, and I quote, I didn't write the text. I've always known that they were invented. They were invented by or, or for the prosecutor in my trial. The forensic linguist he, hacked. he hired reported that Frampton's emails are written in a very formal style and that no one would expect a professor to use that sort of language in his emails to a not Denise Milani, but that was not the case. And quote, in approximately 600 words of running text, there's only one contraction, which was in a message he wrote which he said, I'll try to send you a more specific email tomorrow. Mm-hmm. The rest of the time in his text messages, he's substituting the number two for the infinitive two. He's putting in the word you for the word you. It didn't seem like him. It seemed much more like uh, text speak from like a teenager. Yeah, yeah. Then there's also the fact that when one of the text messages, which is, remember, this is a monolingual theoretical physicist. Oh, so, oh I didn't know In his text was... messages, he apparently wrote situacion, like situation in Spanish, <gasps> like with a C. So that's only something that usually a native yeah. Spanish speaker would do. Anyway, the forensic linguists, they went on the whole thing and they said, quote, in addition to the above points, I suggest the text message read like a film script with phrases such as sniffer dogs, the apparent obsession of the writer with loyalty, and therefore its antithesis, betrayal, the danger, ergo, as in life-death situation, the reference to weapons, <laughs> as in with, with no gun, and the, I suggest melodramatic, want to kiss you before I die. Uh, now, as the linguist concluded, the quote, the preoccupations inherent in these messages, and more importantly, the terms in which they are expressed are not compatible with a person who has spent his life in academia. Yeah. yeah but I yeah. mean, it's kind of like the thing I always tell you. If I was going to go do a crime, I would just give my phone to a friend and have them walk around with it because police are so convinced that if they see your phone somewhere, that's you. Yeah, exactly. If I was an academic trying to get away with this, I would type like somebody who was that's not true. me. But I don't but he's think not he so did clever, that. So I don't no. think, yeah, no. So he said he blamed the translator. He, he said that uh, when he said he was in court and he said that the, the text messages were his and that he was joking, he's like, no, that's not what I said. I said the prosecutor must be joking. So that's how he tried to get out of it. Yeah. So yeah. he's over here using all of his big brain to try to come up with weird lies. Anyway, he chalks up all of it. It didn't work. He decided he's not going to try to go after the prosecutor in Argentina. He said that, you know, quote, the whole thing was surreal. Just, you know, I'm just going to say the whole thing was surreal. And he has chalked the whole experience up to not his own foolish, ego-driven fantasies, Uh but rather that the Argentine prosecutor was just out to get him. So it was a conspiracy to, as he told the New York Times, quote, you might say, what did they have against Paul Frampton? (laughs) God. <laughs> and if you ask, if you press him, he will add, the Argentinian system is totally corrupt. Do you think that the prosecutor is going to admit he created this evidence? Not a chance in Argentina. That's far less likely than him winning a Nobel Prize. Yeah. And given his choice, Paul Frampton is going to focus on that Nobel Prize. <laughs> so there you go. The cocaine tales of the not Denise Milani. Oh, my God. So what's our ridiculous takeaway, Elizabeth? Ridiculous takeaway is that you can be book smart, but not street smart, as we all yes. know. True, true, true. And that street smarts are maybe a little bit more important.
And so I say true. that as an educator. <laughs> former teacher? I love this. Former, former teacher. Yeah, for, as a professor, do you want to say that one more time just for the listeners like me? Sometimes I think street smarts are a little more important than book smarts. Yes, up high, Burnett. You got her to say it. <laughs> That's on the record. Yes. All right, so thanks for listening, folks. You're so welcome. And thanks for asking me what my ridiculous takeaway Don't is. Don't really care. Yeah, okay. Well, mine was uh, you, you can't always trust a big button to smile. Apparently, same <laughs> is true for big breasts. So there you go. Or a physicist. Yeah. So oh, three things we learned today. <laughs> anyway, as always, you can find us online at Ridiculous Crime on Twitter, Instagram, threads, I think, as long as Elizabeth doesn't get her hands on it. We also have a website, RidiculousCrime.com. You can leave us a message on the iHeart Talkback. You can find that on an iHeart app. They're also, so good, by the we way. We enjoy those. Elizabeth loves We've them. She plays them really driving around, she tells ones. me. On a loudspeaker when I'm driving my ice cream truck. Yeah. I'd... What do you do when you're not here? I do. <laughs> <laughs> Also, you can obviously email us if you want. Ridiculouscrime at gmail.com. Care of Elizabeth Dutton. Once again, thanks for listening. Catch you next crime. Bye. Ridiculous Crime is hosted by Elizabeth Dutton and Zaren Burnett. Produced and edited by a leading experimenter in quantum chromodynamics theory and its implication in sound for podcasts, Dave Kustin. Research is by Marissa. I can't believe you didn't say Frampton came alive to crime. Brown and Andrea, I can believe you didn't say it. And technically he did. Song sharpened here. Our theme song is Thomas Bosonic String Theory Lee and Travis Split Octonians Dutton. The host's wardrobe provided by Botany 500. Executive producers are Ben. I'm more of a Niels Bohr man. Bolin and Noel, don't tell that I killed Schrodinger's cat. Brown. Ridiculous Crime. Say it one more time. Ridiculous Crime. Ridiculous Crime is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection, and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. 